Welcome to the Color Auntie Podcast. My name is Grace, joined by my co-host, Kozan. And we are so glad that you're here with us. We're just your northern girls trying to live our best life. We're here to help you through those dreadful morning commutes, or if you're just wanting to hear Quay out of things you may be experiencing, because both Quay and I have been there. We don't really know what we're doing in life, but we're hoping to figure it out with you along the way. <laughs> yeah. So listen, your podcast aunties love ya. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Color Anti Podcast. Today on our episode, Quay and, our, our, Quay and I are very excited because we have Marissa, who is a graduate in Bachelor of Commerce, specializing in fashion management, a world traveler, mother, entrepreneur, and a tea-loving, beautiful friend. She is a beater. You can hire her to facilitate a workshop, make moccasins, or you can also hire her to commission any pieces of art for the upcoming holiday season or any holiday throughout the year, really, or just for your own personal collection of earrings or artwork. So welcome, Marissa. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I guess I can just introduce myself a little bit. Uh, well, I'm Marissa. Um, I not only graduated from Humber, I'm also a graduate from Fanshawe College. I went to uh, take the fashion design program there. And then it, that's not the only place I actually went to. I also went to Sioux College for pre-trades. <laughs> so I kind of like jumped from pre-trades to like fashion design. It's really like kind of different. So when I see like previous teachers from like Sioux College are always shocked to like hear that like I went into fashion design. They're like, but you're in like auto, com- auto, how do you say that? I can't even say it. Automotive. Okay. Automotive, auto mechanics. Like yeah. you're in my class, like, and now you're like making clothes. I'm just like, yeah, and it's fun. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, I have two children and boy and a girl and I don't know, I could talk more, but like, we'll get into the questions, I'll go into it more. <laughs> okay, okay we're, we'll, just, we'll just get into it then. I just mumbled a bunch, but that's okay. Um, so <laughs> I just want to say though, I want to say like how excited we are to have you on the podcast finally. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. like super exciting and we're excited to dive into these questions and for our listeners to get to know you more as much as we know you. But I mean, there's, I mean, some things that we don't even know about you um and it's exciting because marissa launched a business this year so we're going to get to know more about marissa and kind of her her motivation and her drive as like a beautiful person you are so take it away quay (laughs) (laughs) so um marissa i know this but our listeners don't know this where did you grow up sioux saint marie (laughs) everybody's like where's that I'm just like up north (laughs) the crazy thing I think about it first that is like the Sioux is so small and we're around the same age but we never met in the Sioux that's what I think is so crazy that is like she lived on the opposite side of town as I did so like I lived in the east end and then she went to like White Pines and I went to like the mountain that was like an old girl's school so it's just like we didn't bump into each other like what is this and then we just wow. kind of died I was just like and we're around the same age like what is this <laughs> yeah that is that is actually crazy so I don't know this and I don't think Grace, Grace knows this when did you first move away from home when did I first move away from home I think I was like 19 
or like 18 because then I was like pregnant with my daughter so then I started like you know doing things like getting prepared starting to nest and everything when she was like arriving so like I moved out around yeah when I was like 18 and then I had my own place for a while but this was in the Sioux Mm -hmm. and then when she was born then that's when I went to school at Sioux College and then yeah I was there for a bit but I was like 18, 19, so don't be scared to venture out. <laughs> I moved away from home when I was, I was 18, but I, I turned 19 the month later. So um, when did you move? Because Quinn, I met you in Toronto. So when did you move to Toronto? Uh, right after I finished my fashion design. So that was like probably 2014. But even then, like I was going back and forth to the Sioux. So like, I kind of say I'm like, I go back and forth. It's like, it's not really, I don't know. I have two homes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So my family has two homes. They come here and they go over there or we go over here and we go over there. So mm-hmm. like, it's back and forth, Yeah. but it's good. I see like a really good turnout for that, for my kids, because they can see like a perspective from a small community to a big community. Mm-hmm. And they're really good at seeing like social aspects of the world because of it. So like, it's kind of like, I don't know, it amazes me that my daughter can articulate like little conversations when we go for walks and she talks about like the election even today, like she's on tabs with that. Like even this morning, she was telling me like updates. <laughs> That's but, awesome. Yeah. 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 I think it's so good to have that balance. Like I'm really, I'm really grateful that I can offer that to, to Nico. Like we, I hope to spend most of our summers up in Thunder Bay and on our community of Gull Bay. And he's able to, you know, experience like the best of both worlds. Cause I know Quinn, I mentioned in the past, I'm sure you have like growing up, we would always see like these big cities and be like, wow, like that'd be so awesome to live in. And I mean, now that we do, um, like have had that city experience we kind of get to see like you know where where we want to be for the most part of our lives and Nico will be able to you know have have that experience in your kids as well you know we'll be able to know what it's like to live in both worlds so my next question is when did you end up going to post-secondary I went in 08 mm-hmm. when I started going um, my daughter was like eight months old when I like went in. Wow. So like oh. my mom would like help me with the childcare. So I'd be going to school, dropping her off, going to school, then picking her up. Mm-hmm. And like, that was good. But then like, there's some things along the way that kind of like, you know, stuff, life happens. Right. So then I didn't like finish that completely, but it also, I just found my way to like fashion design and whatever. Yeah, but it was that, okay. that was at Sioux Sioux College, right? Yep. And then and then after Sioux College, you went. Did you go to? It was Fanshawe, you said. Yeah, I went to London for Fanshawe. Okay, and, and what that program was was like that? the fashion design, and that was kind of like a jump because like even with my dad, he's just like you wanted to be like an architect, mm-hmm. and now you're like you want to be a fashion designer, like. He was so skeptical. Like he thought that there was going to be nothing there for me. He was really worried about like, I don't know, nothing was going to come of it. But like, then he was starting to get me worried. So like when I approached it, I was just like, I don't know. Like he's getting me to like, getting me like to think like a little bit more, but I'm like, 
I like this stuff. This stuff makes me happy. So I'm going to like, you know, pursue it. Yeah. I'm not going to stop even when my parents tell me to like mm. stop of something that I enjoy. So like I went for it and then they were like really behind me too. Cause they helped me a lot with my children as well. So I don't know. It was good. Cause then I found out who my, my supports were mm-hmm. on my journey. So that was another good thing about it. Going really- so far. <laughs> yeah. And like fashion was really, you really your thing I think because you even work for Indigenous Fashion Week Toronto too right yeah I help backstage I that's funny thing like when I went to fashion school like oh I want to be this like this designer and everything but then you also find like your your hidden talents so like I was always put backstage organizing everything to make sure like you know the magic happens on like the runway so like I was like the person organizing all the clothes in the back, making sure that the dressers push out those clothes on time. Mm-hmm. So I did a bunch of backstage stuff, but after a while, like I just kind of like moved away from it because it's not something I wanted to do for like the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's what makes like um, kind of those learning experiences. It really shapes who you are. And I think that's really awesome that, you know, you listen to, your heart and what, what you're really interested in. Um, because I was in the same position where my mom was really pushing healthcare and I was like, I, ah, the same for me. Like, I can't, I I can't like go like be a nurse. Like that would not, I think it's great that profession for people. And you know, there's like, you know, there's great nurses. And then there's also nurses that you, you're, you're like, ah, I don't think you're supposed to be a nurse. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I've experienced that before and I'm like I would be one of those people they'd be like she ain't meant to meant to be a nurse (laughs) that was me trying to present that to my dad like maybe I could be a nurse he's like no Marissa yeah I'm like why not he's just like well mom got a blood transfusion and you almost fainted in the room and I was just like yeah that's right so no (laughs) I remember that too because there was a point where I thought about nursing because I did two I was in my going to my third year of business and then I'm like, shit, all my friends are like going to nursing and like, that's the thing to do. Maybe I should do it. And I'm like, I like taking care of people. And my parents were like, well, play, but you don't really like touching people. And I'm like, I'm, well, I'm like, what do you mean? I like to hug people all the time. Like I'm a big hugger. And they're like, yeah, but do you want to clean up someone's blood or do you want to poke someone with a needle? And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Or clean up like other things like you you got to do everything and I like I applaud the ones that really are passionate about nursing right that profession and I'm just like wow like you're you're truly a saint and (laughs) it just ain't for me I'm like the same like my I'm like mom but I don't really like to care for people like it's like I can't do it I can't (laughs) so I'm the same way Clay like I I don't know, I'm kind of like a germaphobe in a way. Like I constantly wash my hands. So like, that's definitely not like a profession for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Quay, what's the next question? Okay, so you spoke earlier about when you started going to school, you were able to find like your support system. And like, I think that you built a little community of like your cousins and family in Toronto, but was there ever a time in your life where you felt the most lonely? And then how did you overcome it? Oh my God. Um, 
Oh, well, like I said, like my parents helped me like with, um, with childcare. So with traveling back and forth, like I have to say most of the time during school, I felt lonely. I know I had like people here in the city and stuff, but like, it's really, it was lonesome. Cause like even the first time when my parents presented that saying like, you know, you have to get it done. Um, don't worry about it. Like they're in good hands. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have this thing of going back and forth. Like you'll be fine. So like the first time, like I actually had to go up there and, you know, do the first exchange like that broke my heart because I came back and it was so quiet and there was no laughter there was no play and it was just me in like my apartment so I was kind of like how the heck am I gonna do this like yeah this is so like it almost like there's points where I wanted to quit so many times just because of that but like I still kept on pushing through it was basically for them and myself So I knew that if I didn't do this for myself, I probably wouldn't be as happy as I am right now Mm -hmm. for them. And they wouldn't see me in that state. So if I didn't do it, they wouldn't see me as happy as like, I guess, as I am Mm -hmm. or when I'm doing what I'm, what I love. So like, I had to be like their example for that. Like if I didn't do it, then they wouldn't really know how to go out getting their own dreams. Right. So I'm kind of like their example, not just them, but like my little cousins as well. There needs to be some sort of example within the family to like, you know, break cycles. So that was probably my motivation for that. Okay, I want to ask the loneliness. <laughs> I want to ask you one thing. I want to ask you, what was something you told yourself every day to get through your loneliness? But before I say that, I want to say, you even like, okay, even though you're saying like, oh, I want, I was pushing myself to be an example for my cousins. I'm like. You were also an example for me because I'm like, I don't have to stay in marketing or business or admin. I can go do anything the heck I want because if Marissa can do it, I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) So back to the follow-up question. What did you like tell yourself every day when you were lonely and like here going to school? Oh, I would always tell myself, I just get this done. I can do whatever I want. Like, because like, this is what I needed to get there, right? So I had all the hands on stuff from like fashion design, to make all the clothes or anything I really wanted. And then like, I already had that creativity behind myself. But after leaving Fanshawe, like I wasn't motivated enough to like hop onto the platform of the fashion industry. So I went back to school for business. And then I actually got um, the proper well got funding for for that for my bachelor's and I was like really happy about that um then once I got that done for the business side like it was I'm more confident now to step on to that platform and you know I don't know I'm just happy that I'm there now and it's just working on it and I'm happy that I can make my own hours and like my daughter's here like she's has opportunities of going back and forth now and even yeah. my my son and we're pretty happy and we always I don't know I'm just happy where I'm at and it's just yeah I forget the question <laughs> like this is making me so happy because and like inspired and I yeah. really hope that our listeners get inspired because you know like Quay and I can relate and so many people can relate on being lonely that they like for their families and you you have that other 
like aspect that you're like, you're also lonely for your kids during that time, but you, you push through and you knew like what you're doing it for. And it was like first yourself, but also your kids. And I'm in that, that position right now where I'm, I'm working and going to school and I'm like, oh, this would be so much easier if I like wasn't in school, but I'm like, wait, I will have more opportunities once I'm done. And like, I'm sure you had this moment, but I really can't wait for this moment, which will be like in six years or I don't know. It seems like a while away (laughs) when I get to like be on stage of like receiving my degree. And Nico, when I think about it is like going to be like nine years old. And I'm just like, holy man, like I literally picture the moment where I'll be in like a graduation gown and he'll be that age beside me. And I'll just be like, like I did it for, for all of us, you know, like I fought through this and you've had that moment. Did you go to graduation and were your kids there? Or I don't know, maybe my dreams. So for for Fanshawe, they were there. They were very small. Yeah. And the ceremony was pretty quick and there were so much people like, I didn't really know what to make of it, but like I got like the diploma. My mother was happy. My brother, my older brother was there. Just, we were all there. Yeah. And like, it just kind of seemed like a blur, yeah. but even to me, it wasn't like my end point. So True. like, I didn't really celebrate it as I was completed because yeah. I knew that in my yeah. heart that I wanted to keep on pushing. Like yeah. I wanted to keep on going. I wanted that business side though. Like um, Fanshawe gave like you, a little idea of like business aspect of it but it was just like a like a course or so of it and mm-hmm. then there was like trending like stuff for business and stuff but I think that I had to elaborate more on the business in order to feel comfortable because there's so much gray in business yeah that I just want to make sure I'm stepping in the right path or on the you know what I mean like I just yeah. want to be safe before jumping out there yeah no that makes a lot of sense and I'm probably like making it into this like fairy tale moment where in my heart it'll probably feel like that but then like in that moment in like six years Nico will be nine he'll be probably be like rolling his eyes being there and like okay, it- but my my little fr- my little buddies my, so my friend Nora she has two daughters and her oldest daughter was there when I graduated and she she got to see it and she always remembers it yeah so I think it'll still mean something even though He'll be nine and be like so bored. Like, yeah, number one, I'm not graduated. <laughs> what did you just say? I was like, but sadly, I graduated this year, so there was oh, yeah. really no ceremony for my degree. Uh, <laughs> I need dinner on Zoom. They're better <laughs> in a pandemic like this in six years. So, I, hearts out to you, Marissa. That mm-hmm. I mean, I hope there was something at least. Yeah, Maybe. you guys had something with the food for the indigenous students like that was good yeah you got to eat like food and everything and mm-hmm. bought the kids like pizza and everything so it was like good yeah I was like that that will be the celebration for this time because my dad and I were like discussing what to do for it like oh it's gonna be such a big event because like I was the first on my dad's side to get a degree so everybody was so happy and proud like there's a guru that has a degree now so my dad was like, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I want to have a party with everybody on the group side. So I'm, I was also like from Sudbury as well. So that's where my other side of the family is. So 
we had like this big idea of having a big dinner. We might have like, like a big roast of like a pig or something. Like we're all going to pitch uh, into it and cook it, but it didn't happen because of the pandemic and, and the ticket machine got closed off. So, <laughs> so that didn't happen. I thought it was really funny though, when not funny coincidence or like linkage with when you talked about when you first graduated and you're like, my mom was so happy. That's what I remember about my graduation, like how happy she was. And then you guys are moms. Imagine like in whatever many years when your kids graduate, like how, how happy and proud will you be? Yeah, I'll be a mess. I <laughs> Well, okay, let's say this. So when I was in doing all my education and everything, um, now that I've done it, and then like, I'm looking at all the good things that came out of it, I'm really happy that I did it. Because when I was getting out of fashion arts, I was literally considering just stopping there. But, but I knew that I had to keep on going. But I kept on counting years and I was counting the ages and my kids and like, you know, like, like, I don't know if I could do this. And there was some family members that were like, you know, against it or whatever. But now that I'm here, I'm happy that I did it because if I stopped then that just shows them that, you know, you can stop, like, you don't have to do it, but like, you should go do it. But now that I have it, like, you didn't have to count the years to mm -hmm. like, because once you have it, then you're just happy that you did it. So I don't really think about that anymore. I was constantly counting the years like okay when I do this snow is going to be like 12 like I don't know if I, if I should do that but like I did it like I had to yeah someone had to do it <laughs> yeah and you also like you're your own person and you're on your own journey and it's it's benefiting you and it also is like what benefits you benefits your kids so yeah. you're you're right on that and I'm just like so inspired by you <laughs> <laughs> um so our next question was what was the most scariest thing that you've done and was it worth it the scariest thing I've ever done uh, me and Claire like I'm, <laughs> I'm like I need to hear this um I'm trying to think of something it's more like relationships like tell us um what did you oh. say I said tell us oh <laughs> <laughs> so okay I guess I could say this was like a happy and scary moment it's happy now because I think about it and it's a good thing mm -hmm. um so I almost got married once right so what the fact that I didn't get married I wouldn't have been able to do all these things yeah and the relationship was so toxic to the point that I, it was it was just awful so leaving that was probably one of the scariest things because I didn't think that I would be able to push past something like that or who would want me like that was something in my head that I had to kind of like let go and just yeah. like worry about getting my school done getting myself better and making sure that my kids see me happy so like leaving that that was like a really scary the scary thing because like when you get abused like emotionally and like you know it it does something to you so that was something that was really scary for me to like jump out of that relationship but then when I look back at it now I'm like so happy that I didn't get married like I don't know why 
like, you know, some people are like, I'm getting married, but like, then there's me like, what's the happiest thing that's ever happened to you? What makes you so happy, Marissa? I'm just like, I didn't get married. They're like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, like, you almost got married. I'm just like, yeah, I had everything planned out. Like the rings were picked out, the venue, like the bridesmaid dresses, the colors, like everything, the date. And I was just like, uh, <laughs> they were like, why are you so happy? Like, cause it was so toxic. And if I got into it, I don't think I'd be where I am or experience the the world like, like really because like mm -hmm. I did travel a lot and I kind of opened up that platform to well that door so my kids could see that they can go to London and Paris too they can go to New Zealand like yeah. New York but if I didn't I don't think I would have been able to do that I think I'd be very very sad person not happy probably not even doing what I'm doing right now so that was probably one of the scariest things, but it's also a good thing too. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I know, I know we kind of pushed you to open up, but I'm like, well, thank you for sharing that. Like you, you experienced that type of abuse, but you got out. How did you, you mentioned the thing about how, who would want me feeling? How did you let that go? Or like, how did that, how did you heal from that wound? Um, I think it was like, well, so for me, like, I think once that all happened, um, I kind of had like my alone space too to kind of work on myself. Like when my parents were helping me with um, childcare going back and forth. So I'd have that time alone and I'd kind of work on myself. And then I'd also talk with like counselors and stuff. And I really encourage people to like go talk to people if you feel like you, you know, you feel kind of lost there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with going to talk to somebody to better yourself. It's, a, it's just more rewarding for you to go talk to somebody as opposed to just keeping it all locked up and hurting mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. So like, that's why I kind of just, I don't know. I encourage people to go talk to people or even professionals, like even just letting in like a friend or something. Cause like you can be your worst enemy too. Yeah. Well, that's like great that you, you touch on that. Cause that's what we, we really try to promote, um, I mean, with our health, like our, our whole well-being, um, we promote that and we promote the talk line at the beginning and end of our episode. So um, like, thank you for sharing and being such like a positive role model to hopefully our listeners, but especially Quay and I. So thank you. <laughs> um, I'll let Quay answer the next question. You want me to answer it or ask it? Oh, ask it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we, Grace kind of talked about like health and wellness and like the whole well-being. What, from when you were younger to now, like what has changed about what you consider health in this point in your life? And like, have you always talked to a counselor even? Like you can answer that part second after. Um, what do I consider health? Yeah, or wellness. Um. Um, even like right now because of the pandemic like because I know like a lot of people can get stuck in their head like if you really do have to reach out to somebody like I can't express how much you need to like just go talk to somebody like they're not really there to judge you either they're there to help you see yourself as well mm -hmm. like sometimes you will go above things well you'll try to like erase things from yourself so you don't see it or I don't know I don't want to really say it that way but like you'll they'll make you see things that you don't see in yourself and then you'll actually kind of like come together with yourself to see that. And then you're just fixing yourself. Well, not fixing, but you're helping yourself see yourself too. Yeah. Um, you just don't want to be 
locked up in your head. Like, like I said, it could be like the worst thing for some people mm -hmm. and you're not the only one. That's the thing too. Like I've had my own experience with that. So right. like, don't, don't feel like you shouldn't have to not say anything to anybody. Mm -hmm. That's what I think is really important to talk about is telling everyone you're not alone in feeling like trapped in your thoughts. Everybody go goes through like some sort of thing like that. So don't feel afraid or like you, like you are alone or different or like ashamed. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, we all, we all go through it, man. Yep, that's life. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I know we touched on um, a couple points. Um, but one more recently, um, I know you started your own business, which we'll talk about that in a, in a minute, but um, when did you start beating? I think you, you answered this earlier. Um, I think it was when, when your daughter was young, was it? Yeah, um, I would say like 11 years ago. Wow. But it was just one piece, like it was like this big, I don't know. It was pretty tiny, maybe like smaller than your palm, but mm -hmm. it was like a little eagle feather. And then my dad was just like, oh, that's so beautiful. You can probably get into this. But at the time I was like, I wasn't the best beater. Like it looks so, it wasn't flat. It wasn't beautiful like it is right now. Like <laughs> it takes patience, but that's the thing. That's the time. Like I did it, I finished it and I didn't bother with like beating after that, but it was like my my last year in the fashion arts at Humber that I picked it up and mm -hmm. then I started working at it up until now. So I've been beating since, what was it? I don't know. So I did it for 2015, I wanna say, I don't know. I would say that time. Yeah. But I don't know, that's when I started beating. <laughs> Well, and I started beading just this year and Marissa was the one that taught me how to bead. So I'm like, if it was like, you know, like 2020 has been a super hard year. And um, like, I took that like session with you, Marissa in the summer and I yeah. learned a skill. And so with Nico's preschool, they're like handing these kids out. Um, so I was like, okay, sure. I, I want to like learn how to beat a, pop, a poppy, but I wasn't able to like um, join in many of the sessions because I was super busy because it was during the day. So the other night I was like, oh darn, I got to like hurry up and do this poppy. So I just looked online, like how, like kind of how the beads were going. And from knowing the skills that you taught me, I was able to do it. So I was like, like, yeah, flat beads. And it, looks, and it looks so great. And I'm so happy with myself. Show so us. Oh, okay. It looks so good. I seen the, like your story and I was like, oh my God, look how flat those beads are. I know there's a couple holes, but I, I could fill those in quickly. I mean, I haven't touched it yet. Cause I'm like, it's so beautiful. And I don't want to like, you know, when I cut it out, like get some string and beads fall out or mess up the edging. So, but anyways, like, I think whatever the outcome is, I'm going to pin it to someone and be happy. <laughs> be happy that like, I it looks good though. Thank I was, you. I'm so proud when I see like, so I have some of the people that follow me and I was just like, I'm so proud of your beadwork. It's progressed. It's so beautiful. And then they messaged me saying like, I'm so happy for the tips that you gave me. My work is like so much flatter than it was before. Like, 
I don't know. I just give like, so, you know, if you want to know some flat beadwork tips, come to the workshops, you know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) well, also link um, Marissa's um, business page. So that's kind of the next thing that we're talking about is Mm -hmm. when and how did you start your business? When and how did I start my business? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Just thinking. Uh, Let me see. So when I started beading in fashion arts the last year, I kind of just wanted to make a feel of everything. Like, how am I going to do this? Mm -hmm. Um, But I I always knew that I was going to end up doing some sort of like have a business of something, selling things. Because like, even from a young age, like I'd make things and people be like, oh, do you sell those? Like, I'm like, no, but I should like, I'd say in my mind, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't have the time. So when I was in fashion arts, I kind of just like felt out like the the Instagram, the indigenous community, you know, Mm. I'll see how other beaters were doing it, doing my own little research about it. Um, But I knew I was eventually going to do it, but I just didn't know if I was going to go as myself or register another business and call it something else. You know what I mean? So I just decided to go as me. So Marissa grew. So once I was done, I just like, made the website and got everything ready and I just launched it I felt like I had to really really push myself because I'm also like really shy so I was like just push the button Marissa so I'm like (laughs) and I pressed it and then it was launched it's like congratulations I'm like yay this is set in stone now there's no turning back yeah so when did you press that button and launched it it was like August or September I believe yeah it was August I was like the beginning I think it was like the almost the end of August Mm -hmm. I forget like I was honestly just looking that up and now I forget but I know it was in August yeah and then I just made like a teeny little collection of like little earrings they're pretty simple but like I want my beadwork to just like the actual stuff that's coming out like is time I put in so The ones that like actually launched was just like one of those little, little launches, like just to get the website in order. Yeah. <laughs> like these earrings? Yeah, but those were fun making. I was just like, there's so much things I can make. I, I really got to like make the collections accordingly. Like I had to make them cohesive. Like oh, I can make, okay. like I'm kind of like the person that will make like a bunch of things and there'll be like just a bunch of one of a kind things in one little basket but I got to make sure that they all look good. So I'm kind of trying to do that right now. <laughs> um, you. I really like how you, when you talk about like what you're going to do, you kind of have it like planned out. You're like, cause you graduated and then you were like, okay, now it's time to start my business. And even like before that, it, it seems like you're like, okay, I'm going to go into this. All right. That's not working. I want to do this. And like you really plan out or are just very sure of what you're going to do and you give yourself timelines and I think that's a really good or skill that you have yeah it's just like come on creator (laughs) (laughs) okay wait on another note (laughs) I was going through a hard time in the pandemic and I know like people are going to kill me for this but I was like praying and I'm like oh my god I'm so grateful but like fuck it's just hard (laughs) thank you for everything but like I just need some help (laughs) like save me (laughs) yeah so okay but going now to the pandemic and everything 
Um, what have what have you learned about yourself or about anything in general during the pandemic that you that wouldn't have you wouldn't have known before because life would have just been kept going. <laughs> so okay, so when the pandemic happened, so I was literally finishing off the degree. So at one point, I was almost thinking of just dropping those courses and then taking them again at another time because. I was having so much trouble in like one class and I was so worried for myself, but luckily the teacher was like pretty good with the online teaching during that time. But um, that kind of helped with my business. Cause like once I was done my degree, it gave me time to like, you know, just kind of focus on that. The, everything was so closed. So I didn't have anywhere to go. Like nobody's going anywhere. So I might as well just plot myself down and, start writing out like <laughs> my stuff for my website, think about the things that I'm gonna do for the product, pictures and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it actually helped me. But even then, like before the pandemic, like I was always just going to school and then coming back and that commute was always like two, two hours out of my time every time, like every day. But you know, it's just the way it is in Toronto <laughs> mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and then coming home being tired doing homework doing your readings I'd always read stuff on my phone I'm so happy that some of them were like online textbooks <laughs> um, and then I just do beating or create things so when the pandemic happened it didn't really change too much I'm already kind of like a private person when it comes mm -hmm. down to it like I will be okay I can be social when I want to but I do have anxiety sometimes, <laughs> like, I don't know, but it's been okay. Like, I just learned that I will keep on going. <laughs> I'm not gonna let something slow me down, like the pandemic, like it didn't stop me from doing things. Right. And I'm just happy that what I'm doing is allowing me to keep on pushing through the pandemic. So I think that was, it's like, like I said before, like a little blessing, like to some people, but to other people, it, it might not be because like, I know my boyfriend's like a pretty like social person and he needs to like be with his friends. But during the pandemic, it's not like that. Like you got to stay home. You can't go anywhere, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel for the people that need to have like some sort of social interaction and like Zoom is not doing too much for some people. So I don't mm -hmm. know, but for my boyfriend, we always try to like do something like go for walks or something or I don't know, play games. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, for the pandemic, like I think I'm okay. Nothing horrible has really happened. <laughs> I, I don't want to be so like, ooh, nothing happened to me. But like, I just, trust me, I feel for the people that need to have that social interaction. Mm -hmm. yeah. you'll make it through people <laughs> I think that's like talking directly to Quay Quay yeah. don't you need like the social interaction <laughs> I was just gonna say, Marissa's talking right to me because she knows that I'm like, I love talking and interacting and being around people and doing things mm. so she's like Quay you're you're gonna be okay <laughs> I, I feel sorry you're gonna make one, it aka Quay <laughs> So this wraps up our episode and we're so grateful, Marissa, that again, you joined us 
you shared so much with us and thank you for that. Um, I really hope this also helped any of our listeners who have gone through or going through similar situations. Um, you just gotta keep going. <laughs> Don't give yeah. up. Don't stop. Keep on going. Life is hard. Like that's something you have to accept and keep on pushing through. Mm -hmm. Some like nothing's easy. That's mm -hmm. just think that way. And good things happen too, though. That's another thing to think about. Um, what was the other thing I was like thinking? You know, you can have all the support in the world, but it takes you to take those first steps to like make things happen. So right. it's up to you. There's been a couple times throughout this episode that I'm just like, wait, 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 say that again because I want to write it down because it's such like, <laughs> a good saying. Like, I don't know. I'm just like so happy that we're talking to you. And I'm so glad that, you know, we we have you in our circle of friends and um, like to anyone listening, like what what Marissa said, like reach out to those people who have who have gone through what you've gone through and you know, I feel like I'm kind of in a spot where I'm juggling so much and there's, there's so many other people that are juggling so much and, you know, you're still juggling, um, every aspect in your life. And, you know, it takes, it takes someone to talk to you just to feel like it's, it's going to be okay. And you're going to get through it. And thank you so much for being, giving us those reminders. Before okay. Grace signs us off, Marissa, <laughs> tell our listeners where they can buy items from you. Oh, my items. Okay. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, just go to MarissaGrew.com. I'm also known as Oja Beauty on Instagram and my shop is Velogigan. Um, Just know that, you know, when you think of Nike, Nike's like, just do it. Well, Marissa Velogigan. Velogigan means a vision, a dream. So, you know, just putting, that's my motto. <laughs> so oh my everyone's Velogigan when you buy it. You're a vision and dream, people. <laughs> wow, you're awesome. <laughs> okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And um, head over to Marissa's um, Instagram pages to be inspired by her journey and buy an awesome handmade. What's your saying? You say like handmade is is luxury? Or Oh, um. We live in a world of fast. Oh my goodness, I even forget it myself. It's really good. It's so good. Um, we live in a world of fast. Um, oh my God. Fast fashion? <gasps> no, it makes me want to look for it right now. Luxury. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? We, we can post it. Well, um, everyone will be able to see it. So um, thank you so much again, Marissa, for being on. And I'll sign us off in Grace Fashion. So toodaloo. Bye. So your podcast, Andy's, know that life can be tough. And we want to end our episode with promoting the Hope for Wellness talk line. The Hope for Wellness um, helpline offers immediate help to all Indigenous people across Canada. It is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week to offer counseling and crisis intervention. Life can be tough and we've all been there. So call the toll-free helpline at 1-855-242-3310 or connect online to their chat at hopeforwellness.ca. And remember that your podcast aunties love you.